live from the Bills' famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub, I am your host and moderator for this evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fella, the tuna country Matt Kempf, and bellied up to the bar, the man of the hour, the tower of power, too sweet to be sour. The fabulous one, Freddie Benders. What's up, guys? Dude, you got more gold on tonight than what what, what was in the house that MC Hammer built in like the early 80s. I, <laughs> I knew Travis you, was going to pump me like, up. Wait, let me go get my uh, belt. I got when, I got a gold belt, my championship When you belt. left the house to come over here, were you like, you know what's going to set off this cheap trick shirt? A lion medallion <laughs> on a four-foot gold chain. Yeah, how about my bro- <laughs> How you like my Larry Holmes bracelet there, dog? Yeah, that's that's called a rope. That's called a inch, half inch rope. Nice, unbelievable bracelet there. It was like you work at the Jefferson Mall. <laughs> you like my new hat? You like my Reds hat? You like my new Reds hat? I love your new Reds hat, and we're going to talk about the Reds here in a little bit. Uh, so, much to Tuna's chagrin. I got a quick trivia question. Speaking on the subject, sure. Um, so. On May 5th, 2001, it was the last day. That was 22 years ago. I'm not good at math. Is that correct? Something like Um, that, yep. And um, that was the last day that the Los Angeles Dodgers gave up 20 runs in a game. And I was just curious, you guys, when was the last time the Reds gave up 20 runs in a game? Uh, well, it had to be last year. <laughs> no, I believe it was last night. Oh, <laughs> it just happened last night. That's crazy. Who'd have thought that? I'm last sorry, I didn't mean to night. go there. Guys. That would be the Cubs. I believe that was last night. That was one of those games where you knew when I flipped it on. Uh, I think it was the top of the second. They were already down five nothing, and I that did uh, worry you. Well, I just I. I said, this is just one of those games you just write it off, and apparently, uh, much like the Dodgers did the other day against the Reds, <laughs> position they had a pitching. they had a position player pitching at the end. Yep. Um, so, which is a smart move, I give them that. Like rest the arms. What there's, was there's the no final sense. on that? On 20, the game, twenty to nine. Oh, I thought it was twenty to ten. Twenty to nine. I think it was twenty to nine. That's something I I, I quit paying attention. Uh, Reds had a three run a three run inning at one point there when I turned it, it off. Sounds like the Cubs had a couple of them. Yeah, <laughs> I was headed to the America concert. Nice. Reds are up three nothing as we speak as we record Which this. Which was tonight way better than the Reds Wednesday night. Uh we would like to thank each and every person that listens on a weekly basis. As always, we remind you to. Seek us out. Follow us on social media on Twitter at Blockout Pod. Uh, type in Blockout Sports Pod in your Facebook search uh, engine. Um, something that we touched on last week, and you know, a lot of times, you know, we build up sporting events in our minds. We, <clears throat> you know, part of our job quote unquote as uh hosting this podcast is to pump up different sports and a lot of times things don't live up to the hype but i felt like uh last saturday night in las vegas that boxing match that we talked about last week lived up to the hype um i know fred unfortunately was unable to watch it live 
uh, Tuna and I were watching it because we were texting back and forth during it. But I I just want to say Terrence Crawford is a bad man. Yeah. And that was, that was, and and not just, uh, I don't want to ignore the, uh, the undercard, uh, which was, there was three great fights on the undercard, but the main event of the evening, uh, lived up to the hype. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Terrence Bud Crawford from Omaha, Nebraska, basically dominated the fight from start to finish, um, he is now the unified welterweight champion of the world. Um, but Errol Spence was a game competitor. He was not up to the quality and the technical ability that Crawford had that night. Um, but, you know, it, he certainly never quit in the fight. But it was from start to finish about as dominating a performance when you have two guys that I felt like coming into the fight were relatively equal, it was about as dominant performance as, as I've seen and as impressive a performance as I've seen from a uh, from a prize fighter in a long time. What do you think, Tuna? See, everything you said I agree with except for the point about living up to the billing. I expected more competition from Errol Spence. Um Crawford did dominate that fight, and it was a little bit disappointing. I thought we'd see a little bit more back and forth. I would say Errol Spence, maybe the only round that was halfway close was maybe the second round um, to where maybe he could get that on the card. I but thought the first was pretty competitive, the, the, too. The first was was close, um, but I think Crawford won that first. The second maybe could have went to Spence. Um, other than that, man, it was just – you could just tell – from that point on, especially after the first time that Spence hit the hit the floor, that this was a one-sided fight through and through. And it was from maybe the third, fourth round on, you just asked yourself, how much longer is this going to go? How much longer is this going to go? Because Crawford just owned that entire night. And so. maybe, I should, uh, maybe I should make myself a little more clear. By living up to the hype, I didn't necessarily mean it was a, you know, a, a haggler uh, – Sugar Ray Leonard fight that went down to the wire. You didn't know who was going to win. I meant from an enjoyment standpoint of watching a guy at the absolute peak of his craft. I totally give you that. Absolutely. And and Spence, I mean, we know how good he is. And so for him, for Crawford to come out and make a command performance like that, that was what, to me, lived up to the hype. Yeah, I'm with you there. He It was just a performance for the ages, and it was great to watch that. Um, I will say, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to fight again, and there's less anticipation in my gut for the second fight now. Right. I just I don't see a world where Spence can, can step in the same ring with him and, and compete. So, I, I don't know. Um, I wish it was a little bit more competitive, but like you said, seeing a guy at his peak and his prime – and just be as technical as he was and as accurate as he was and and to even hit with the power that he was hitting with was was absolutely incredible to watch so I'll, I'll give you credit on that for sure but um I have a question uh was Larry Merchant there no, don't say it I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> Jim Gray was in yeah, the Larry Merchant I'm kidding. role <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was waiting for a Tim McCarver. And Jim Gray was uh, did uh, uh, he did from a couple of times remind me of Larry Merchant in that a couple of the backstage interviews. Oh, he were, don't care. They were as awkward as they yeah, ever Jim were. Jim Gray does not care with Larry Merchant. Um, I thought. I actually I wanted to talk about that. I thought the uh, Showtime production was very good. It was incredible. I thought man. the announcers were great. Um, who were the announcers? <laughs> or who was the boxer there? The boxing analyst. It's usually a it was a champion uh, of some sort. Oh, I have no idea. Okay. I didn't. I honestly, didn't I mean, get sometimes to hear a you don't know who that guy is. Sometimes we, uh, you don't know who. We were no, watching the I, UFC fight a lot. That I know who too. it was. I his name escapes me at this time, and even the play-by-play guy who I love, his name escapes me at this time. Right. But they've kind of transitioned. Uh, you know, our when we were growing up, a lot of times it was Lampley and Emmanuel Stewart. And uh, Foreman would be on there sometimes, and Larry Merchant. Right. And these guys are kind of the the um, the new breed. Right. I got you. Even though they're not a bunch of young guys, but they're younger than than the people that I just mentioned. But the entire night was fabulous. It reminded me of the old days, uh, the old big time Vegas prize fights. The celebrities were out in full force, and that was. That's always cool to see who. Oh, I, I see him. You know, I saw Mike Tyson. Sitting, yeah, and Tyson was sitting down there, and um, I just thought it was a it was a great night. It was very entertaining, and it was to me it was well worth the. Uh, I think it was eighty bucks. So was it Antonio Tarver and Freddie Pacheco? Nope. Okay. Then I don't know. Nope. I couldn't even get service where I was, so I couldn't even go back and forth with y'all on the phone. It was driving me nuts. I was wondering about that because I texted Fred a couple of times uh, just to see if he was watching or if he was following. But uh, That's how big Lake Cumberland is, buddy. Yeah, there's not a lot of areas down there. More coastline than Florida. Is uh, it really? I'm sorry, more shoreline than Florida. Is State it? of Florida, yeah. That's impressive. We were in the middle of Lake Cumberland at one point, and our captain, who was Captain Tom, uh, shout out to you in the in the new uh, uh, pontoon. But he said, "Right now, if we can go fifty miles that way or fifty miles that way, I mean that's how big that place is." Anyway, couldn't get cell service. I was bummed. But sounds like it was a great fight. I'm going to watch it. They're going to reshow it. Uh, I've already been looking for that a little bit. And I'm sh- I think I can find it pretty easy. So I do want to see it. I've I bet seen, it's streaming. And I've be- seen Crawford fight, and I know how good he is. But I wanted to see him against someone that was possibly equal to him. And uh, well, he certainly wasn't equal on that night. There you go. No one's left. But it was uh, it was a fantastic night of boxing, and I think it did. It did the entire sport a favor, although, like Tuna said, with a win that dominant, it does take some luster off of a potential rematch, which I am sure we are going to see. And hopefully, they figure out a way to uh, to to pump it up. That uh, you know, I'm sure. Well, I've even heard Spence say something like, you know, I I forget what he said. He, he he didn't have his second gear that he always has or whatever. Well, a lot of that has 
to do with him getting repeatedly punched ab- about the face and yeah, shoulders. Yeah, that take some gears away from you, I feel like. <laughs> it's a famous Tyson quote, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. But uh, it was a great night, and uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I felt lucky to, to have been able to watch it and uh, look forward to uh, some more big fights uh, here in the near future that are on the horizon. Um, with that being said, uh, we were kind of talking pre-show before we started recording about the current state of college football as we're ramping up towards the start of the season, which is what? Just about, what, three weeks away? Three weeks for week zero. Yeah, three yeah. weeks from tomorrow, I think. Yeah, three weeks from tomorrow is week zero. Um. And obviously, we're going to get into the... Uh, Everybody's so excited for the Vanderbilt-Hawaii game. I can't well, wait. I am. I mean, I definitely am, just because it's football. So, I mean... Well, my beloved Commodores are going to shock the world this year, I'm sure. So, um, but there are a lot of uh, maybe not-so-savory stories that are surrounding college football. And we, we're not going to focus on these, especially as we get closer to the season but it is something that needs to be talked about yeah. fred was talking about and right now there's really nothing else to talk about right so we've got to talk about right. this stuff fred was talking about earlier that uh you know we have the hazing scandal at northwestern you have another gambling uh probe that is taking place uh, i believe with the uh iowa hawkeyes you and, have and iowa state you have teams that are Threatening to I know state of Iowa is just crazy, isn't it? To leave Play, their there conference, ain't else to do, or being poached from their conference. You have school presidents that are complaining about the current conference that they're in. Uh, Fred, uh, just give me an overview on on what you think, and Tuna, feel free to jump in because uh, this is a topic that we we definitely need. To touch on, and there is a lot of weird stuff going on in college football right now. Well, like we were saying, I want Tuna to really jump in on this, uh, but like the ACC, you know, Florida State, uh, they're, you know, he's complaining, you know, uh, they're locked in with ESPN till what, 2036 or whatever, yeah, yeah. and they're, well, we're out of $30 million for SEC, and they were making $30 million more than we did. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, hold your poker hand, buddy. Uh, quit, like, bringing the whole conference down and complaining because it ain't going to get you anywhere. Well, he's just but, the, the most recent of many uh, SEC athletic director or ACC athletic AC, directors yeah. and um, presidents to voice their, their opinions on this. And reality is, yeah, um, your um, ACC commissioner signed maybe the worst television deal that you could sign in history, and he did it out of panic. To he, he signed such a long-term deal to keep everyone together. Right. So right now, no moves can be made because it's going to cost a team $100 million to get out of there. Right. Or they give up their TV rights until 2036. No school's going to do that. So I don't know, man. Like, at this point, shit or get off the pot. I'm sick of all the threatening from the ACC guys. Leave. Do something, right. just leave. And you said Louisville made more up. money, didn't you? Their o- total overall revenue was more than Florida State. Yeah. But either way, like, 
it's getting old, man. It, it's like we can't do anything. I, I don't know. Nobody's going to leave. Look, North Carolina's been trying to go. Virginia's been trying to go. Clemson, Lord knows they're trying to leave. Right. Florida State, Miami, everybody. Look, if Louisville could get out and go right to the Big 12 right now, I'd be ecstatic. We're not going anywhere. Like, this is this is ridiculous. Right. And i got a question with, with conference realignment. What is it with the Big Ten on why they got such a big television contract? What's so appealing about Big Ten athletics over the Big 12 or the Pac-12 to where they got such a massive deal? Tuna. Explain this one to me. Just look around at your surroundings. <laughs> I know. You're surrounded by the legend of Indiana athletics. Yeah. I mean, that that should say enough right there. But, I mean, does it... I, mean, I really think it's the Big Ten has been the second tier. Even though little old Clemson's been in that final game and won a couple championships, and deservingly so, uh, right, right there in the battle with them. Drink! But, you, you know, the Big Ten is always the next conference knocking on that door, especially in the biggest sport there is. But it's football. The next, Ohio State, think Penn they're lined State. Up right at next to each other revenue-wise. Right, and and they they did get out in front of every other conference. The SEC they did. When it comes to having their own television network and um, the monies that are collected from that, which still blows my mind. And they added teams to get in those markets, like Rutgers, just so you could get that. um, And then Maryland, so you could get the D.C. market. And 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 Sankey's the one treated like a god here and stuff. But theoretically, the the commissioner of the Big Ten did a better job at the time. Because remember, Sankey waited and he went in, bam, here's who we're getting. And it all happened so fast. And the Big Ten commissioner... When he finally came back with a wing dinger, he came back with a wing dinger, man. But Did I he? have always wondered, and I think that's a that's a fabulous question because I I often wonder the exact, and I'm obviously a Big Ten honk from way back, but I love the old Big Ten, yeah. <laughs> and I'm I feel the exact same way. Like, what is what is the clamoring? For all these teams, they're like, we've got to get in the Big Ten. We've like, got to. Is, is playing Illinois and Rutgers and, and Northwestern and, and Purdue that big of a deal that, like, you have to, like, I don't know, and travel across half the United States to go do this? It makes no sense to me. And what's really going to suffer in this, and I don't know nobody cares about any of it, and it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but I can't help but to think about the nonprofit sports. Or not, you know, no revenue sports. Like right. these teams are going to be traveling across for track and field events in 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 um, Piscataway, New Jersey. Yeah. Like what the hell? Like what are we doing? Like obviously, no control has been taken over by the NCAA on this, and and I'm I'm fine with that because I'd like from the you know the less governing by the NCAA the better, but I feel like the school presidents should probably just say, hey, we got to do something here. I mean. It makes no sense. Geographical locations are out. I mean, here before too long, it's going to be the Big 30. And I don't even know what you're going to call the SEC because it's just going to be the South Conference. Yeah. Because they're, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's insane. Pac-12 by Friday, by this time Friday, may not even exist. 
They tried to do a, a television deal with Apple that was just terrible. Like terrible. I, yeah, I feel like Freddie's gold was worth more than that contract. And <laughs> but so they they obviously shut it down. And then you're gonna have one of the biggest staples in in college football tradition wise <laughs> is the Rose Bowl. Which I mean, the Rose Bowl is going to happen, but there's not going to be a Pac-12 versus Big 12 team there, like, and I don't know. Well, I mean, the Rose Bowl, and and it, I was thinking about this earlier. I am a traditionalist when it comes to almost everything, especially sports, and I I was thinking about this because of how much I love the Elam ending and the and the TBT. Yeah. Um. That's one thing that's newfangled that that I really enjoy. But to me, the Rose Bowl lost its luster many years ago when it wasn't automatically the Big Ten against uh, the Pac-12. But that only lasted a few years during the BCS. And it was like the, the, what, the three times that it was actually the BCS championship game? Right. So that that wasn't like a normal occurrence. Every other year it's been the Big Ten versus the Pac-12. Or Pac-10, Pac-8, whatever shit you want to call it. Don't forget the Big Ten also has a lot of power when they got UCLA and USC. You know, they equaled Texas and Oklahoma with the SEC, and that was a big move for them to get them already locked in for next year. Then they had a little more power. Like, we're we're tit for tat right with you, Sankey. You know what I mean? They and Yeah. They, I guess my, my main question was, like, I understand the appeal of why the SEC got the massive contract. The Big Ten is one that I'm wrapping my head around. Um, and I guess I kind of answered my own question when they jumped out and they got some of those television markets in, in the New York, New Jersey area and in the D.C. area. But do those people really give a shit about college football? I don't think they like care. Like, how many people in New York think... actually watch college football like the rest of the country does? I mean, you know. That's a pro sports area. Same thing with D.C., is. Virginia, all that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't no, get it. I'm with I you. mean, here before too long, the Big Ten's probably going to add the Washington Wizards and the Dallas Cowboys. I well, mean. I, the Wizards, I don't think, will make the cut. But... I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> the team's coming up. <laughs> Uh, I know you keep up with them. I know you got your new doormat. Well, they got some Serbian kids that your, I really uh, like. Your Washington Wizard doormat for the garage came in last week. Uh, but, dude, no, you're right. It's all baffling, and and it's just a total mess. Like, and just like all of what's going on right now in the land with uh, all these teams, I mean – uh, Colorado's back in the Big Twelve, which straight I, from the. Uh, I thought they. I mean, when I think of Colorado, I think Big Twelve football anyway. So I mean, that move makes sense. I, it to me. made sense to me too. Um, but it, like, how many times Colorado gonna be in the news? I mean, with Dion and a million things happening now, they're talking about SMU and San Diego State going to the Pac twelve. Did well, you see that? If the other teams leave, like. <sighs> Teams are going to, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, well, the uh, thing is, is like, you're going to, and feel, then Skip Holtz is heading to Northwestern. I feel bad for teams like Oregon State and Washington <laughs> State, which are going to get stuck in like the Mountain West and playing against Wyoming and all that. Cause Oregon State, I don't know much about Washington State, but Oregon State has just a phenomenal fan base, man. Like that, that's one of like the, we best know you like the Beavers. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> They got the chainsaws going. It's a well, great you know environment. We know all about there. them chainsaws, dog. <laughs> but I don't know. Dude. I mean, I think it's going to be four conferences going after each other. It, it when might it's just all be said three. And done. It might be three twenty-team conferences all said and done. I don't think there's going to be enough for four. 
Like, and there's going to be some teams really get left out. So, my God, it's coming. Unfortunately, it is. It is. uh, I mean, it's coming. College football's coming. And let me tell you something. I've looked at that uh, next year's 12 team setup and seen when the times are, when the days that they're playing mm -hmm. and where and all that. And it has just got me totally jacked up. But I I don't even want to talk about it yet. You know? Yeah, Uh, that's going to be great. Who knows what's going to happen before we get to that? So, folks, just so you know, there's a lot of crazy going on in in college athletics right now. I would like to see, and I've heard this years ago, and I haven't heard it recently, that, you know, a lot of these big schools were talking about banding together and separating from the NCAA. Right. I would not mind seeing that happen uh, and just having their own little, even if it was just football. Like you kept basketball, baseball, every every other sport like was part of a conference and part of the NCAA, but football did their own thing. I mean, already the championship's not even part of the NCAA. The NCAA doesn't recognize right. the, the college right. football champion. So what what would be the difference if they just separated out, did their own scheduling against each other, worked their own TV contracts out? I, I don't know. I I feel like everybody just needs to merge into one group. I almost feel like. I don't even know who the Big Ten commissioner's name is, but I know him and Sankey are a little bit higher on the mountaintop than everybody else. I think they know what the hell's going to happen next, and no one else does. Well, it was Kevin Warren, but he just took the uh, – he took the uh, – what is he, the president of the Bears now or yeah. something? Yeah, he just took a big Oh, was that job. the guy that made the move for the Big Ten that did all that? Uh, he made to some get of those where moves. At? Okay. He made some of those moves. Yeah. What happened to Mike Slav, the old commissioner for the? Uh, oh yeah, he was always SEC. yeah he was always on. Uh, He's the one that started the expansion with the, you guys, wasn't he? I thought his name was Roy Roy Kramer. Roy Kramer did that, buddy. Did he? Yes. So when did? Tony- and I tried to get that out of y'all last week, and we oh. couldn't figure it out. Well, by Mike, the way, Mike Slive was the yeah. commissioner of the SEC for, for years. But Roy yeah. Kramer got Roy Kramer is the pioneer that changed uh, that had the first SEC championship game. So the Big Ten commissioner, Big Ten commissioner, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this guy's name, Tony P. Titty. So um, uh, it's, <laughs> say that again. <laughs> I don't know. If say I that to. again, Fish McWilliams. Tony P. Titty. Tony uh, B. Diddy. I mean, P. Titty. P. E. T. I. T. T. I. Probably Tony Patetti. I think I had to, no- <laughs> If I had to guess, Tuna. I'm pretty sure it's P. Titty. Uh, they call him P. Titty. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, Mr. P. Titty is not listening. Uh, no, but uh, he's making good moves out there. Yes. Uh, good luck. Good luck. Um,. <laughs> Do we have any other thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, not till it happens. Like, let's get – I'm ready for college football to start up uh, those first games, and we'll just wait till we get to that when we get to it. I mean, I know there's a good game coming on tomorrow. Speaking of football, little preseason NFL. Well, good game might be a stretch. I mean, don't you there want to see Aaron Rodgers for five minutes? There I is mean. a game. There is a game. And every year, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like me and like Tuna and like Fred, every year I'm 
so excited, you know, oh my God, I can't wait for that game to start. I turn it on and about, I don't know. Second maybe, quarter? No, no, not, <laughs> not even that long. Usually about six minutes in, I'm like, this is boring and I, it's terrible. I'm turning to the cornhole championship. <laughs> I, uh... I'm turning it on to the TBT. <laughs> what what keeps it interesting is um, random prop bets that you can make on some of these. Uh, oh my god! Now you're a psycho. <laughs> yeah, officially. I was just about to betting. say the degenerate in tuna comes out on these preseason games clearly so can you bet how many minutes a player is gonna play you can bet like over under carries like whether he gets like three carries oh my or god stuff that's like that kind of on like a fourth fifth string running back <laughs> yeah he got all kinds of random wow. stuff you can get in okay on. okay so it's uh you get good odds on some of that stuff like yeah. who's the the first touchdown scored in each quarter um stuff like that it keeps it interesting, but I'm with you, Travis. Man, the quality of football is pretty bad. Yeah, it, it's a slow week. I mean, we got what women's World Cup still going on. Yep, which we'll uh, talk we got, about here yeah, shortly. Yeah, we got the Hall of Fame uh, game tomorrow that everybody's amped up about. Uh, who is, is that? The Jets and the Broncos. Jets and the Browns. Browns. Jets mm-hmm. and the Browns. Uh, Deshaun Watson will not be playing. Right, right. Is it, uh, I, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers will even play. He may play a little bit. Yeah, I'd so. say Aaron Rodgers might be out there for for a spell. Um, <laughs> when you say a spell with Aaron Rodgers, like that could mean a whole lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he put well, himself in of, a spell. Speaking of, he threw a little threw a little spell back at old uh, Sean Payton, didn't he? Dude. What, what what do y'all think about Sean Payton's comments? Oh, I thought they were incredible. I mean, he just pretty, pretty much went after everybody, including people that are still on his team, like the freaking, <laughs> you know, I mean, he ripped the, is that the general manager that's still there? And he went yeah. ahead and ripped him too. Like, he, he come out, into my office if you want to. And then he came out <laughs> later and was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said the things that I said. And it's like, well. You didn't make the phone calls and tell them not to run the story. Like you, you, you thought what you said. What oh, you said, what was sure. on your brain. So like, there's no for going sure. back on that now. And I'll be honest with you. Like my opinion, I love it. I wish. Like we get coach speak all the time. I know. Anytime, and it, I know. it's just awful. I want a coach to just. I want. I wish every NFL coach would just come out and say exactly what was. But on But was their Aaron Rodgers right? And he's just saying a bunch of stuff to cover his tail. Was Aaron Rodgers If they right? fail. Well, oh. yeah, he said that he basically was saying all that about mm-hmm. him so he could cover his butt in case they suck. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of what he was getting at. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know if they're going to suck or not, but Peyton's a good coach, but he may have just been sandbagging a little bit. Who knows? Well, I mean, Peyton has always been a guy, uh, for better or for worse, that's kind of had a swagger had a, uh, what do you want to call it, cocksure attitude. Mm. Um, I thought so, too, right up until he had Kevin James play him in a movie um, about himself. So, I, I lost Yeah, him. well. That was a little weird. I never saw that. Yeah, so. probably was that our homework and I missed it? <laughs> no, don't worry about your homework. <laughs> uh, I passed you anyway. I knew hey, you were never going to uh, watch it. No, I did watch it, and then my wife got rid of uh, Amazon Prime. Well, good thing it's on Netflix. It's oh, on Netflix. Netflix. No, she got rid of Netflix, I mean. No. I'm not kidding. We don't have a password for that anymore. Hmm. 
Well, you can just uh, I'll give you mine. You can add it to the fifteen. Because I watched, uh, I, I watched uh, his wife help him with his clothes in the closet, and I mean, dude, I have watched some of it. Yes, you watched that before last week's show. But don't forget that Sean Payton uh, is from the Bill Parcells Club. <laughs> I mean, he coached under him, so. I don't think holding back from saying something it really bothers him yeah, that much. See, we need more Rex Ryan's and 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 Bill Parcells. Those those type personalities. Those that's that's what's you great. Mean like old school. Yeah. yeah, we need a lot of old school. Yeah, but now everything's just so monotone and like they just don't want to give information. It's like Belichick put the playbook out there on how to treat press conferences, and now every coach does it. Now that's the, true. the the little guy down at Miami. Uh, he's quirky and kind of weird. Mike McDaniels. Is that the space modulator? <laughs> I kind of yes. like the guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of like him. Like, he's, he's, he's pretty wild. And uh, the, the guy up in Detroit, Dan Campbell. Everybody loves Dan Campbell. Like, he'll just cry. Like, he just loves football so much, he'll just bust into tears. Just, right. No, know. he will. He yeah. will. He He's great. So. I mean, they're, they're all good. No, I do like the, the coaches that have the good personality and so forth, for sure. Like, the Bengals coach is very – Drive very yeah. kind. He doesn't. And as much as I love Andy Reid, much out. Andy Reid's never going to give you anything. Like he's never going to give you bulletin board material. Like I love the guy, but he is as boring as they come. And Kelsey does all the talk for him. Yeah, I wish he would shut up. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, how's right? old Bur- Joe Burrow's uh, calf muscle doing? They say what? Maybe a couple weeks. He may be out. Okay. So that's not as bad, though. When you see, like, a guy getting carted off the field, that's When you see him pull up and hop around like he was, uh, it sure didn't look like that. One thing, we were getting a ton of injuries so far in, like, this first week of preseason football or uh, training camp. Can we talk just briefly about uh, what a train wreck the Colts appear to be right now? We were trying to not do that, but... I feel like we have you to. You just because opened it up. I know we have some <laughs> listeners in the Indianapolis area that. Uh, well, we want to hear what you have to say. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are no winners in this in this scenario. The thing is, when Jonathan Taylor, I remember before he was drafted, telling people because obviously I got to I watched him play Wisconsin. quite a bit at Wisconsin. And I said, man, if the Colts can get this guy, I think he's going to be a tremendous running back. I saw some, you know, college game day stories about him and stuff. And he's such a smart guy and, you know, really durable. uh, He seemed to be on top of everything. (laughs) And he was durable. He was durable. Now, in the NFL, things happen. I get it. True. Ask Tua. But, man, it seemed like, uh, you know, he he came to the call. And this is a weird time for running backs in the league, as we discussed, as far as getting paid and things like that. His new agent isn't doing him any favors, to be honest with you. His new agent uh, is most well-known for uh, representing UFC fighters and professional mm-hmm. wrestlers. Um, but then Jim Ursay... Then Jim Ursay comes, and you know, and and I was was about to say, you know, you would think that a guy like him that's been around football his entire life, you know, 
loves you would think he would have said some dumb things in the past already but you would think he he would have a way to de-escalate the situation and he just came out and just shot a flamethrower right on top of this whole tender box and now the colts don't know who their starting quarterback's gonna be they've got a tail of star tailback that wants nothing to do with being there at all their best defensive player may or may not, you know, have a, a back issue that lingers for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. The offensive line that at one point just three years ago was thought to be like, you know, the early 90s equivalent of the Dallas Cowboys. Hell, going into last season. Yeah. That was supposed yeah. to be the anchor of the team. Well, they can't block anybody. They got rid of all their best defensive backs. Um and Chris Ballard, the GM, is just sitting there going, well, we have a plan for this. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the plan is probably they're going to win three freaking games again this year. And maybe, I don't know, are they going to try to get another draft pick? Who wants to? Here's the thing. They used to always talk about, like, the culture. It's for the shoe. And we get we get horseshoe guys was the thing. We get horseshoe guys. Well, what's the culture in Indianapolis right now? The culture is you have an owner who appears to have gone into full Jerry Jones meddling, saying stupid stuff mode. You have your best player publicly saying he doesn't want to play there anymore. You have a brand new head coach, a basically an entirely new staff. Like, what can you point this is to when it should be exciting right now? You what know? can you point to with with Indianapolis Colts right now and say, this is the Colts identity. This is where they're headed. I feel good about the future of this franchise because Tuna or Fred, if you know what that is, I would love to hear it so I can have some hope for this season. Or if you say the wrong thing, Tuna, you're going to get a cup to the face. I'm just saying like... <laughs> I feel bad for the Colts, man. Ursay's a shit show, and something ought to be done there. What was it? I mean, I don't want to go down this guy's history. Tuna told me look outside at, that the best game there was going to be IU Louisville. Look at Josh McDaniels, <laughs> who was hired there, accepted the job, and do you know the story on why he didn't take that job and why he changed his mind? I've heard three or four different. Have you heard the bathroom story? Yes. Okay. You've actually talked about yeah. it on the podcast. Before. Okay. Well, that was really weird. And then, what, he just got arrested a few years ago for having, like, a ton of painkillers on him? Well, that was several. And, and he went through his rehab and, and he I did don't all that because, stuff. Because yeah, and I don't want to trash him for that. But I'm just saying he's an unstable think, guy. Like, I do think that Jim Ursay, bottom line, I think he's a honorable man. I think he's a good man that's battled a lot of demons. I think he's come out on the other side pretty well from a human standpoint. Um, I think talking about his past is not necessary. I don't think that has anything to do with where they're at today. I think... Well, I'm just talking about like his comments that he made toward Jonathan Taylor, and you look at his history of activities. And I think that is a huge problem, and I that's... I'm going to separate the man okay. from the guy that runs the football team or that's the owner of the football team. Uh, 
because Ursay has done innumerable wonderful things for the city of Indianapolis. Um, by all accounts, when he's straight and sober, he's a very good guy um, and all that. But he seems to be kind of devolving into his father the later he gets on in life. And if you're not familiar with old man or say, Google it, my friends. (laughs) So if you could put a percentage chance on whether or not you think Jonathan Taylor will actually get traded or not, where would you put it at? Mm. I'm going to say 15%. 15% that he does. Yep. Okay, I'm going to say 60%. Because I think they're going to franchise him. I don't think ah. so. I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think so. I don't know if that relationship can be bonded back. I don't know. Um, I think Ursay said what he said because he wants to put the image out there that he's not going to trade him and make teams come with higher bids and start offering him more. And I feel like he's going to take whatever draft picks he can get and send him to a contender at some point this season. Hey, I think I said on this podcast last year that I wished that the Colts would be looking at, for both their sakes, looking at, because the franchise clearly wasn't going to contend for a Super Bowl anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And I felt like Taylor deserved to play for a contender, and I felt like they could get a much better return, but then he got hurt. And every time, as you know, every time a tailback gets hurt, their demand, what yeah. you can get for them, goes down exponentially. Absolutely. And uh, so I wouldn't have been upset if they would have traded them at the beginning of last season, to be honest with you. So another hypothetical for you. You guys just drafted Anthony Richardson. If you guys end up with the first or second pick this year, do you pass up Caleb Williams? Well, if I'm the GM, I'd draft Mike Penix. <laughs> I, mean, dude, I don't think Caleb Williams is all that great, dude. I mean, I really I mean, don't. I'm not a I mean, guru, he got – didn't he get beat by uh, – People um, are uh, – UAB, or who was it that beat them in the damn bowl game? Well, I mean, obviously, like, on. their college performance doesn't translate exactly to the no. pros. He Look won at Patrick a Heisman Mahomes. where nobody did anything. They had to beat each other up to try to win the no, thing, to give it away. No, he Heisman last year. And, and sure he did. Patrick Mahomes was, was terrible. Not terrible, but he was not considered, like, a super great quarterback at Texas Tech. And nobody thought he was going to be what he was. Um, but – People were saying that Caleb Williams is probably well, that the was best Tulane, by the way. NFL draft pit or draft uh, prospect that they've seen in the last twenty years. Right. All right. Well, I'll so, I don't show, know. I'm I taking their word on it because I'm just some schlub on a couch. That's fine, but he had some pretty badass receivers last year, and he ain't got them this year. So I, I'm I'm gonna be interested to see. I think he's a little overrated, personally. And then you're also going to have the Drake May stakes, which would be right behind him. And if uh, I would say this, if the Colts uh, – look, I, I don't know anything about Richardson. I've seen mixed reviews coming out of training camp, which doesn't mean a whole lot. He just had to have his nose surgically repaired this week. I don't know if you saw that or not. It was for a GQ shoot? No. He, <laughs> oh. They said uh, – 
They said he had to have his septum repaired, whatever oh, that means. A little too deviated. Um, and Y'all know how I feel about him. I'm just going to say, I mean, I've been, I said it all last you year. You don't like his septum, do you? I, I don't. Um, uh, I'm I just have saying. Heard, I have heard people say that he's the most athletic player that they've seen on a Colts practice field in many mm-hmm. years. I've also seen people that say uh, he's tremendously inconsistent. He's, now, well, that's that's for problem. sure. We know that. For um, fact. That he's but, eight years off. And so I'm going to, I'm going to reserve my judgment from that. But I will say this, if he, uh, if he really struggles this season, and I'm sure that they're going to trot him out there at some point to play. And that's maybe not fair to him because there's not a whole lot of talent around him, but, um, I would not be adverse to drafting a top-notch quarterback. I mean, if you have a chance to get what many, as you said, Tuna, mm. consider to be a generational talent, I don't think you can turn that down. What, I just, what, I just don't think you can. What pick were you all again? Four. Last year, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm. right. So I don't know, man. If anybody can mend a locker room like that, though. He is on that team, and he goes by Gardner Minshew. So he <laughs> damn can, he right, can bring Man, the locker got, room is together. This guy like Doctor Phil, or he's better than Doctor. Okay, Phil. yeah. He, the only problem is, is like you got to get him to wear pants sometimes because sometimes okay. he just likes to do yoga naked in the locker room, and people are like, "Hey, Gardner, put some put some britches on, man." But uh, he's well, uh, all right. Well, let's all get, in all, they seem to think he's a great guy. Right, let's get to some things that are actually going on. Okay. Okay, okay like, Fred. <laughs> uh, let's get into uh, let's get into before the soccer. Let me get let me get through this. If I have to tell everyone that Tuna won another horse race, I'm gonna puke in that bucket. But guess what? He did. Please don't puke in my the, bucket. Uh, the Jim Dandy happened uh, last uh, Saturday, folks, and uh, I still told myself I wasn't gonna say folks anymore. Um. But here's the deal. Tuna picks Forte. I try to get the chalk or try to get the uh, value horse and he comes in dead last. So, like I said, do the opposite of what I'm doing and take what Tuna takes. Well, if you listen to last week's show, you could tell that there was some serious statistical analysis that I put into making that selection. Yeah, I think so. you said uh, pick. <laughs> Pick, pick the fastest pick the horse. Fastest yeah, yeah. horse. Yeah, but for it was in the slob. It was a great. It, it was a really, really, really good race. It was in the slop. It was raining at Saratoga, and Forte has proven that he is the uh, probably overall best horse out there right now. Um, and uh, Angel of Empire again, third shocker. That's like his fourth or fifth third place. Uh, Saudi crown comes in second, uh, the rabbit for angel of empire. How interesting is that? Uh, the other two, we're not even going to talk about, but, uh, did want to let everyone know that, uh, the Whitney is, uh, this weekend, the Whitney stakes, that's five-year-olds and, uh, probably it's a $1 million race guys. And, the best horse in the world is running in it. Okay, this is 
Better than Forte? Yes. Uh, this horse Cigar. Is, this horse is called Cody's Wish. Uh, 13 Great starts. Story on that horse. 13 starts. He's 9, 1, and 3. Take that to to the bank. Uh, William Mott's his trainer. Uh, he his last loss was uh, he started his win streak May of 2022. If that tells you anything, uh, and now that Flightline has retired, uh, that uh, Cody's Wish is the number one horse in the world. Uh, listen to this crop that he's running against though in the Whitney uh, Zandon who I'll be putting my money on, so don't bet it. But uh, charge it. Uh, these are horses that you know from the Derby that have been running good in a lot. This is the, the crop here, the five-year-old crop. White Abario and Last Samurai. Um, I'll be taking Zandon to try to pull the upset, but that's probably not going to happen in Cody's wish will probably go off at four to five. But if you want to watch the best horse in the world run from William Mott, watch the Whitney. So explain your horse betting process to me, because what I've gathered is that you just take the best horse and throw them out and then try to get other horses to beat it. And you don't ever. Well, here's the deal. I take the, if there's a horse, if there's 12 horses, the horse I like, uh, Forte before he was scratched in the Derby was going to be low, uh, bad, uh, or you know, three to one, four to one. Then I'm going to bet that horse. But if you're in a horse with a field of five horses mm-hmm. or six, and the favorite's going off at four to five or eight to five or whatever, so I don't want to bet, bet exotic it. and key that horse in. No, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Okay. I don't want to do that. I want to try to get, I, 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 I just do it differently. I'm, I'm trying to bet the horse that I think has the best value to try to get the upset. And that's usually a horse that's second or third or, or fourth or whatever. But I do take some risks as far as thinking that horse is going to pull the upset. You know, one of the top three. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason on how to bet, Tuna. You just bet. No, I'm with you. Um, Everybody yeah, has their well, own method to their madness. Well, Tuna just bets the winner. I mean, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I really thought Hit Show was, was moving forward and was and, and I was kind of pulling for it's him. better that's, moving backwards. That's who I wanted Definitely him to better. do it. Yeah, by the way, Sam Kerr uh, is a Australian soccer player. Women. Yeah, that's uh, and Steve St- Kerr's no, sister. No, you, you, you got confused on that. You guys got confused. No, you said Steve Kerr, and then I said, yes, she plays for Australia, and you thought she was uh, that he was, uh, uh, that that was his sister, and it's not. Well, you guys told me it was his sister, so you guys got confused. Okay. Uh, who's on first? Not Steve Kerr or <laughs> Sam Kerr. So, uh, anyways, but uh, that's that's it for horse racing, guys. Uh, go Zandon, get me out of the hole. But if you want to watch a great horse, Cody's wish is it. Great story on that horse too. Like, yeah. Who are you going to take? You never told me. Well, I got to take Cody's wish because anytime that horse runs, they show the emotional story of Cody and you cannot help but to be like, I've got to pull for this horse. Okay. Like, it's just how it is. And that is the Whitney folks. We got the Travers coming up and then. It's Breeders' Cup time. The Classic's going to be epic. So if I was you, I would uh, discount everything Fred just said and whatever Tuna said, throw all your money on that. Yeah, and if I hadn't said it, 
We wouldn't even know who Tuna's pick is. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I did want to touch on uh, the Women's World Cup. Damn right we will. Uh, Hell yeah. Which <laughs> ties all day. No, no ties. Well, I mean, if you watch France or Sweden, you ain't going to see no tie. You're going to see six goals. The United States really lucked out a couple of nights ago. Um, they're not playing well at no, all. No, they're not. And well, I mean, they're probably the eighth best team out they there. They barely right advanced, um, but they did advance. And I think... Does anybody know when their next game is? It yes. is it yes, Saturday I do. night or Sunday morning at Sunday 5 morning at five a.m. Get it, tuna. There it is. <laughs> oh my, oh my God. God, I am so stoked. Uh, yes, uh, Sunday they, the sixth, and they uh, play five a.m. Sweden. Right. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, they better. Sorry about uh, your luck. They better up their game. Yeah, because Sweden is hot. With hotties. Well, they were. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend you watch that game. They were what? Like, like. It's blonde hair, blue eyes everywhere. The United States was what? Famous bikini team. Maybe <laughs> four or five inches away from losing the game the other night when the ball oh, hit the post. Yeah, yeah, hit the post. And exactly. if they lose that game, they go home and the entire uh, at least from the American side, the entire narrative of the World Cup completely shifts to firing the coach, getting rid of all these players, which a lot of these players are getting to the end of their careers anyway. But uh, they were lucky to advance, and we'll see what they can do uh, from here on. Fred, uh, who else do you like in the tournament? Well, I kind of went through my Final Four, but I missed a team – but I, I I have an upset team, and maybe that's who I ha- maybe if Germany's in that side of the bracket, I think I have Nigeria pulling the upset. But I have France, Sweden, and Spain, and Germany as my top four easily. Uh, then you've got some little scrappy teams like uh, like South Africa or Jamaica. Jamaica has not given up a goal yet in this right, tournament. Right, which and, is yeah. unbelievable. And the Netherlands are still there. Australia, uh, uh, but you've got, uh, but but yeah, Nigeria, man, they're playing really tough uh, and have pulled some upsets. Fred, I was just looking at the TV behind you. Your team. Friday beers. No, that's Freddie Benders, is, not Friday beers. Is getting ready to play in the final four of your favorite basketball tournament. Yes. But please continue uh, on about the uh, World Cup. Pick the name Hardfire Week. Why? That's just silly name. That's um, Rocky working out to that. Hearts on fire. I Remember think, he's, he's I think that was Eddie and the Cruisers or something. No, he was training to fight drug. He's like bench pressing cows in Russia. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, Jamaica oh has not given up a goal yet. Uh, but I really do. I tell you what, uh, France puts a lot of goals on the board. Spain is fun to watch. Sweden is is. I mean, that, those are the four teams I think are the best. Uh, with Germany, and then if you want to throw Nigeria in there, that's my uh, uh, either Nigeria, Jamaica, or South Africa is my 
my my team I, I, my my kind of like my upset special i don't i don't really think that the that uh the netherlands is going i don't think they're going to make it uh any further tuna i know you have some uh, deep thoughts on this tournament what do you think yeah i i like nigeria i think they're they're good well that's who i'm betting on then yep they're real good well talk <laughs> tell me why you like them they're strikers are the best. <laughs> they have great, a great great goalkeeper. They, um, they have a striker from um, from Racing Louisville. Yeah, in Nigeria. So yeah, they're good. That's and they I'm also have a. Is there a coach from America, or is he maybe he's from England? One or the other. They they try. Here's the funny thing about the the Nigerian team. There's this big thing to do at the beginning of the tournament that they wanted him fired. And then he pulls the big one of the biggest upsets in the tournament, mm. and they and and people in Nigeria for your job, are pulling uh, were pulling against him to get fired. I forgot I don't really know what the what the politics was about, but uh, it's it's hard to keep up with that because the games are so you know they're they're late. It is man. except it's for the like, couple God. of the couple of USA games that have been on yeah, it I more or less regular and, time and try to catch them at random times the next night so it's hard to keep up with it but uh but if you want to watch uh the fun teams those four that I said Sweden and Spain and and uh Germany and France man they and are they are and Jamaica's just a defensive team. And the and other teams score tons of goals. Jamaica's a really cool story because they had to like go fund me money yeah, just yeah, to make it exactly. to the tournament. Nobody expected them to go through. They knocked Brazil out of the tournament and they have not conceded a goal in the whole tournament yet. So super hey, cool for them. Hey, so Ray, hey Reggae boy, that should have pay- been your team. FIFA won't pay the way for these clubs to. Apparently not. Wow. No. I thought for sure they would at least get the teams that qualified there. Huh. Apparently yeah. not. I think okay. your new team's Jamaica Mon. Maybe so. Maybe so. Their strikers aren't as good as Nigeria's, and I'm a big striker guy. <laughs> so, uh, striker. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well. That's what's going on. I feel like it's such a slow sports week, dude. It's like we're talking about the Hall of Fame well, game. boys, we're going to get saved this weekend. Are y'all going to not talk about the TBT? After I, all this talk about the TBT. We just talked about no, it. No, I want to hear a recap of what happened okay, this week. Okay, right now. Did Russ Diculous lose the game for the Ville. Dude, That's that game what I want to know. So far back, we're, we're talking about the teams that have advanced and are oh, playing okay. right now. We don't look backwards on this yeah, program. I'm starting Jeez. to get the full feeling of the TBT. This bleed club. green team. They're a bunch of. They're from North Texas. Uh, scrappy young group. Yeah, I looked. The, up, I looked up their roster. Never heard of any the of them. The thundering. What, do you watch a lot of North Texas basketball? No, but uh, I looked up every roster, and I've the, never heard of one player. The herd, not one of the any four teams. Thundering herd team or whatever uh a former louisville player jared west i believe is on that team as their point guard um again so. never heard of him but good luck <laughs> well I'm, then clearly that means that, yeah, that the basketball, that the basketball is terrible I'm he's pulling, not a real person I think the basketball is good if fred I, hasn't heard of him then that's yeah. completely discounted there, there, there's the guys right there yeah 
Uh, uh, but uh, fr- uh, Friday beers, I'm definitely pulling for them. Well, I'm sure Friday beers will be glad to know. But we are getting saved. You talk about like a slow sports week. Uh, just a heads up, this week on ESP or this weekend starting tomorrow night on ESPN2, um, it transforms into the Ocho for the weekend to where we will have – it kicks off with the Savannah Bananas game, which if you haven't seen, oh yeah, tune into. It's you got to check that out. Yes. They're yes. like the Harlem Globetrotters yes. of baseball. Great. It's followed up by the World Table Hockey Championship, um, the Slam Ball Championship. What about Golden? The tea? Pinball Championship, and at Friday at one thirty a.m. is the twenty twenty. So this is a throwback USA Mullet Championships. <laughs> So and that will be followed up at two AM by the Air Guitar Championship. Wow. And you can't miss that. Now no. I, I actually funny enough, I watched a, a game of slam ball within the last week. Uh Okay, I, I'll let you finish and I'm gonna say something here. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I thought what it was, was it? I thought was it, it was great. Five years ago or ten years ago when it first came out. And I thought it was the most incredible thing that I'd ever watched. And I was like, this sport's going to take over the world. And I was so into it. And then it leaked out to me that it's somewhat scripted. Oh. Yeah. What? So it kind of ruined it for me. It's uh, like roller derby. A mm, little bit. Hmm. So it I, really, I, I was not aware. Really kind of upset Maybe me. Maybe that's why the final two minutes were so exciting. Exactly. <laughs> It's like it's like watching those scripted reality shows, like where they're out towing people's trucks, and like a guy comes right. out of a restaurant with a butcher knife. Like, right. I mean, it's like, oh my god, this is happening, <laughs> and like it's really not. So it's it, it disappointed me. So I, I thought lizard lick towing was real for like four years. What was that? I was looking at slam ball for a minute. I didn't know what the hell y'all it, were talking about. <laughs> they play basketball on trampolines. On trampolines, yes. And then, you, you know, guys are getting speared yeah, when they're going up for dunks. Yeah, I think there was a 7-Up com- Sprite commercial uh, the first time I saw it. Yeah, it's um, like hockey meets basketball meets gymnastics. Right. So Apparently meets pro wrestling. It, exactly. Yeah. Uh, fellas, uh, I'm going to throw it around the room. If, if there's nothing, if there's not another topic, Fred, do you have anything, uh, that well, we yeah, haven't I touched to let on everybody yet? Know about what happened, uh, Monday, the, uh, world dainty contest oh, well, happened yep. in Louisville, Kentucky, Germantown yep. in the, in the old Germantown neighborhood. The, it is the oldest competition and I don't know. I mean, it, how many years has that been going on? A hundred, hundred and sixty, or maybe even a hundred and eighty years, or something. Well, not in the United States. It hasn't been going on that long. No, it's been going on in the United States officially since the uh, late sixties or early seventies. Right, but this is the world. Now it is pinned the World Dainty Contest. And let's explain to people what that means. You have to be 45 years or older. 45 years or older. To play. Which you, is great for tuna. You have essentially, you have a, a long broomstick with a, a pointed end. And then you are trying to hit. The a, other half of the stick. A that little off, peg that's pointy at both like a, ends. Like a pencil. That you flip up in the air and then you hit it down the street. It sounds ridiculous. It's clear as mud. It is ridiculous, <laughs> but it is super fun. 
Uh, There's a, at least two a thousand. I mean, at least twelve hundred people watching it. Did you compete in it? I, I did. I've I've competed. Did you win? Many years. No, we we signed up a little late. We were number two hundred. I was number two hundred twenty, and I was two twenty one. And we had to hit in the dark. In the dark, pretty much. I feel I like mean, it's lost its luster since the tree got cut down. No, it's it's bigger well, and now better than ever. Four hundred yards, like a, well, it's, yeah. it's way more fun, feet. and there's way better facilities. And uh, even though I love the old school uh, ways mm-hmm. of it and things uh, like that, but it is something to see. I'm and telling you. It, if you don't live in Louisville, you have no idea what we're talking about, and you uh, there's no reason for you to know that. It's always on a Monday. But if you are from <laughs> Louisville, then you know what we're talking about, and it was super cool, and it always is. And uh, it was Monday night. None of our uh, the people that we know. Now, we all did at least get it off the ground. Oh, yeah. And there was a times. few guys that, that uh, registered a score. Uh, I got it way up off the ground and completely whiffed oh yeah uh, i had three whiffs fred got it up off the ground I've, and i think in our group the uh the guy who hit it the furthest was about 40 feet yeah i want to say 38 which is pretty good and that is good if you don't understand what we're talking about you will have no idea why that's good but you can look it up and see youtube you can find youtube uh shots oh yeah i mean and then you when you see it you'll be like i'm going to louisville on monday to check that out i remember the covid year where they did it over at uh, Germantown Ballpark. Yeah. Yep. And they, they broadcast it yeah, on TV. Yeah, we watched it. We watched it. We watched it at yeah. Freddy's. Absolutely. Damn right we did. Yep, we watched it at Fred's. Uh, anything else, boys? No, just real quick, we should touch on the MLB trade deadline. Uh, nothing serious happened. Verlander went back to, um, to the Astros. Um, that was probably the biggest move other than that. Nothing else. The Cubs. Uh, good for him. It's good to keep an eye on the Cubs. They're kind of putting a little wins together, and they decided last second not to be sellers. And I think they – did they actually acquire someone? Actually, the Reds did something yeah. called nothing. Yeah. Yeah, well. Well, that's because they're so good. They they don't need to mess with the, well, with the chemistry of the team. Well, they need something with the rotation, the mid-rotation. Mid they Well, need you got Hunter Green there. will be back soon. And will, and, they, the Reds right. did acquire somebody, a bullpen. They got a relief. Been, yeah, a relief pitcher. Yep, um, yeah. they did. But nothing to make a big splash. No, um, all in all, was we got the best relief pitcher deadline. in baseball, pal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do we not? He's he pretty has good. 41 saves. He's pretty 42 good. 42 saves. Diaz. Yeah. The other Diaz. Who's better? Because <laughs> the other one's not playing this year. Well, the one that is playing is who's better? He doesn't have a good enough trumpet sound like his brother. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, God. Tuna. There's that kerosene. There's that drinking that gasoline. On that note. We're going to check out of here. Uh, We do want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Obviously, we are going to be gearing up the next few weeks uh, with an eye towards college football and uh, pro football. Please. Things really starting to kick off. Uh, We appreciate you being here with us. Check us out on social media. Um, Give us a follow. Give us a like. Tell a friend if you like the show. 
Oh, Travis, tell them real quick when we're that we're gonna start for a while. We're coming on. Start. Yeah, so we are recording these shows on Wednesday nights, and uh, we will be releasing them on Thursdays, Thursday afternoon. Uh, the time varies between one and three o'clock, depends on how long it takes me to uh, to edit and put the shows together. But for the near future, we're going to be doing that. Um, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Follow us. Uh, download our episodes. That helps us a lot. Um, if you are so inclined. And uh, we appreciate each and every one of you guys each and every week. And with that being said, for the big fella, the tuna country Matt Kempf, and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders, this is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody.